0: Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode.
1: Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. AEW is meant to be the land of opportunity, and you've squandered that, and that is why it's time for a new guard around here. Because the old guard's been running the show on this planet for centuries, and look where it's gotten us, people. War, famine, disease, our earth is dying and so are our morals. And yet here we are with John Moxley running the old guard and our infrastructure is falling and falling fast. Well, I'm here to tell you people that I can catch this company, throw it on my back, and sprint this brand up the steep terrain to the very top because my talent outweighs your tenure, John. I am AEW. I bleed black, white, and gold. I'm the guy who's gonna be leading this company for the next 25 years. Do the math and grab a calculator. And that is why I'm making a promise to you that I will not stop until we go from happily glad-handing each other for being the alternative and transform this brand into the pinnacle of professional wrestling.
0: AEW Podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, So, again, no Dark this week. Dark is like almost two hours every week. I don't know if you've even looked at an AEW Dark episode on YouTube, but they're like an hour and 48 minutes every week uh, of just like mostly competitive squashes. Uh, So I have not watched them in a long time, and this tournament, this women's tag team tournament, Nick, is also not largely taking place on television, and it's also not taking place on Dark. They're airing it on Mondays on YouTube. What? So I'm guessing a lot of the earlier, uh, a lot of the earlier round matches will exist on YouTube, which, based off of at least the one team we were introduced to this week, I guess is maybe a good thing. So it's. Yes. Uh, the show opened right away with the inner circle versus best friends and friends. And uh, the match breaks down pretty quick. Oh, one thing uh, should, should be noted here. Excalibur not on commentary this week.
2: Are you aware of why? Cause uh, some old videos of him surface saying ignorant things. Yes. So there
0: was an angle from maybe like 2005 PWG Involving a heel Excalibur and a heel Kevin Steen and a babyface human tornado. And the human, it was the human tornado's idea, um, who is, of course, a, a black wrestler. It was his idea to do a racially charged uh, angle or promo or whatever in which he encouraged Excalibur and Kevin Steen to use racial slurs. And Kevin Steen was especially against it apparently, but uh, they went ahead and did it. And then afterwards, all three of them decided it was a really bad idea uh, to have done it in the first place. And that video footage has surfaced. And naturally you've got people calling for Excalibur's head. I think you've got more rational people saying, looking at the context of the, the circumstances of the situation, um, it's clear that they wrongly thought because a, a black person told them that they could do this, that it made it okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure that is the context of the situation. It didn't make it okay, but it's possible to understand how somebody could think that it's okay because a black person gave them permission to use those words in a promo or an angle obviously it is not okay and i'm all right with excalibur missing a show or two or i'm not sure what they're gonna do but um anything more than that i think is at best silly
2: um i agree this is this should probably be treated in a similar way to the sammy guevara incident yeah in that at worst yeah i agree those gentlemen were not terrible people to begin with and they've grown a lot since then absolutely so, this were a more recent matter. By all means, they deserve yeah. everything they get for it. Uh, but is like I think you got almost at the twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. a crazy amount of time has passed. Um, yeah, I, I to me this is a non-issue, and the show hurt because of it. Uh, Taz, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone were the commentators, and
2: it sounded like an old episode of SmackDown. Um, oh, I saw a thing earlier where somebody said if in the future when excalibur is negotiating he just needs to point to this episode and say add another zero to the contract yes
0: uh this was not uh and and this felt like in general this was a pretty flat episode of dynamite for me um Mm -hmm, same the stuff that i thought was going to be great turned out to be less than so let's talk about it though uh inner circle versus best friends and friends the match breaks down really quick with a bunch of dives uh, Luchasaurus and Jake Hager play catch with Marco Stunt on the outside. Uh, the crowd, the people that are there at ringside, were very quiet for this match. Mm. Uh, Babyface is cut off. Inner Circle is in charge. Jim Ross then says that in his opinion, Nick, Jake Hager hasn't reached his full potential yet. Ugh. Uh, how long has this dude been wrestling for? He hasn't reached his full potential yet. This is it. Too long. Yes. This is his full potential. He's there. In fact, you could say he's already peaked, and now he's going downhill. Anyway, Trent worked. Uh, Trent is worked over for a really long time by the inner circle. Eventually, Luchasaurus gets in, goes crazy until he suffers a mask malfunction. Uh but you're talking about skin coming off oh of course of course my my bad of course he he was shedding he was molting skin um Hmm. i mistook that for a mask malfunction uh excuse my ignorance Um, easy
2: mistake to make easy mistake to make. okay Okay. (laughs) okay moving on
0: uh the match broke down again luchasaurus uh once he has readjusted his skin is back in action orange cassidy prevents chris jericho from using the baseball bat And, uh, Sammy Guevara, as he is heading to the top rope is distracted by Matt Hardy's music, who then pushes, uh, Sammy Guevara off of the top rope and Luchasaurus destroys him with a kick. Best friends and friends
2: win. What did you think of the opener? It was disappointing. I Mm -hmm. think that's the best way I can explain it because I feel like there was so much group shenanigans going on where everyone would just attack one person at a time and, I mean, no one really got to shine. I don't feel like no one really got to stand out or do anything cool in this match. No, um, I, and it had great potential. Like, you have some excellent teams in there. You got some mm-hmm. excellent wrestlers in there. Yep. Um, I love the mega four-way hug. That was great. That was pretty good, <laughs> yes. That was the most memorable thing of the match for me, though. Mm-hmm. But, no, it just, it was a lot of nonsense and not enough wrestling. I just did not live up to expectations. Yeah, what'd you get um, I gave it two and a quarter star. Yeah, I
0: went slightly higher, went two and a half stars, but big, huge disappointment in the opener. Grapple gave it 2.57 stars. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we get John Moxley in the back. He says that he thought he was done with Brian Cage, but what kind of man would he be if he didn't help out Darby Allin and uh, started talking about Ricky Starks as he fell in with the wrong crowd. He doesn't always start fights, but he always finishes them. Pretty good promo from Mox for the main event tonight. Sure. We then get Cody defending the AEW TNT Championship against Warhorse, Uh who in fact rules ass, Nick. Um, uh, yeah, he does. The best part, actually, for me, uh, I thought this match was better than the first match, but Honestly, I thought the best part of this match was Justin Roberts' ring introduction of Warhorse, uh, yes. which was pretty great. I, I believe he announced him as weighing in at 4,000 pounds of heavy metal, uh, I believe, uh, and that he rules ass, and War Horse. His, his pronunciation of Warhorse was, was metal as well. Um, was. So this was your pretty standard Cody Rhodes overconfidence match. Where he wasn't taking Warhorse seriously, he was joking around, um, and this, of course, lets Warhorse uh, take control. Apparently, during a commercial break, Cody took charge, and um, Warhorse makes a comeback. Hits a, a a Macho Man taunting into an HBK elbow drop, which Jim Ross just called the Macho Man elbow, but. Clearly, Warhorse did the Shawn Michaels elbow. Um, he goes for a stomp off the top rope. He misses. Cody drop kicks him in the knee, puts him in the figure four. Uh, Cody retains. So this was also kind of underwhelming.
2: I thought solid, but didn't blow me away. What did you think? I... I- I agree with you that it was a bit underwhelming. I, I, first of all, I know these matches are short anyway. They're like 20 minute matches, but it felt like they should have gone longer. And for as much offense as what, as Warhorse got on Cody, I felt like the ending just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we saw the reason they teased it the whole match that he was tweaking his leg. And, and I guess it makes sense in that way. But yeah. one thing I did like about it was all the countering that Warhorse was doing. I thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think i've ever seen anyone counter a figure four like the way he did or at least not something that i remember off the top of my head oh and so incredible. that kind of stood out to me. yes mm-hmm. that was really cool and even at the end where he was trying to hold it off so hard but he just you know couldn't do it mm-hmm. um that was fun um i also enjoyed that they brought up that he's the current longest reigning independent wrestling champion they which... did iw.tv or whatever it is or iwtv yes mm-hmm. and, and i like that they uh you know, promote independent wrestling as mm-hmm. they should, because they're all superstars from the Indies coming to form AEW. EW. Absolutely. Um, that double stomp that he did to Cody's neck on the outside was an also mem- memorable moment. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool. I liked, I liked parts of the match for sure, but yes, it definitely was a bit under par. I gave it uh two and three quarters.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's exactly where I landed as well. I went two and three quarters stars. I thought, Warhorse looked like he had something, but we didn't get to see everything he had. Um, yes. Grapple gave it 2.74. So, right on the button, sir, with us. Uh, okay. After the match, for no reason, John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order attack Cody, and he is saved by none other than Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. Uh, Cody's longtime friend uh, came out with a a huge upper body and destroyed these two men and uh, saved Cody. And it would be later announced that these two would be teaming up against uh, Reynolds and, and silver. So there you go. What did you think of uh, Matt Cardona? Just in time for the action figures to be released.
2: Oh yeah. I feel like,
0: I feel like the timing is uh, not a coincidence. Dude, smart move by AEW. There's your guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Cardona's signing bonus was like
2: first dibs on the action figures, so probably got a couple Chase figures, you know. Yeah. You gotta hang on to those because they're gonna be worth the money. That's but right. yeah, dude. The alternate I'm a for sure <laughs> they i'm a big matt cardona fan i love his podcast so it was great and he looked amazing he looked more swole than he had been which he already looked incredible but that's what happens when you eat walmart steaks every day and you work out with uh uh canisters of gas when you don't have any workout equipment so walmart steaks baby yeah, steak and figs, baby <laughs> Uh,
0: Tony Schiavone is plugging all out when the inner circle storms out onto the stage. They are mad. Chris Jericho wants Orange Cassidy in two weeks. Next week he wants to debate him in the ring and he has a guest moderator that he is very excited about. And when he wins he wants Orange Cassidy to give him $7,000 to replace his jacket, which he claims is more orange than last week somehow and blames it on demon orange juice. That orange Cassidy poured on him. Apparently, it is some sort of magical orange juice that only
2: uh, stains further with time. What um, about Sammy Guevara translating son of a bitch to son of El, El bitch. bitch? Yes. I'm starting to think Sammy <laughs> Guevara might not know Spanish. Yeah, I don't think he's quite the god he portrays himself to
0: be. No, he may be some sort of false Spanish god. Um, <laughs> False deity. <you. laughs> this sort of thing is always a little weird to me. Up next, they had this thing where FTR signs their AEW contracts. And it's weird to me because they've been on TV for weeks in wrestling. I guess they've been wrestling without contracts. But uh, they're winning a bunch of matches, and they're mad that they aren't being ranked. And they can't be ranked because they're not signed. So they sign their contracts for AEW, and they get it written into their contracts that the rules shall be followed, the the 10 count in the ring on between tags shall be strictly adhered to Uh, AEW does not implore tag ropes in the corner but for FTR matches they will have them Uh, and there gets to be a tag team appreciation night hosted by FTR and then Hangman Page shows up and drinks whiskey with them he pours them shots but he pours himself a whole glass and then says I think I poured myself too much (laughs) I love Hangman (laughs) Speaking of which Hangman Page and Kenny Omega Defending the AEW Tag Team Championships Against Stu Grayson and Evil Uno of the Dark Order Um, It's all The champions early on But the heels eventually cut them off With Adam Page being worked over After commercial break uh, Kenny is in the ring Actually the funny thing is the show comes back From commercial break with Kenny in the middle of his hot tag But then Here are my notes Oh never mind He got cut off quickly. Oh, never mind. Champs come back with double teams. Oh, never mind. Dark Order in control again. (laughs) They switched momentum very quickly here, uh, but it kept me on my toes. Uh, Great combos uh, like this running Cannonball Senton 450 combo from Dark Order for Nearfall was really great. By the way, that's like a crazy double team move. Like That looks so easy to mess up, Uh, Mm -hmm. and they nail it every time I've seen them do it. So Hangman Page gets in, swings the momentum back in the favor of the champions. They hit the drunken trigger on Evil Uno to retain. Uh, what
2: did you think of the tag title match? I think this was probably my favorite match this week. Mine too. And uh, the action was, was you know, great. Uh, one thing I really loved about the match was all the Dark Order storytelling that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, Cabana was on commentary. He had been afforded this opportunity by Mr. Brody, further putting him into Mr. Brody's debt and just talking about how great the Dark Order is and, ooh, they're the hot ones and they're going to get the win tonight. And yeah. it's great to see people. pays him for being... his meals. Yes. And Jim Ross is <laughs> like, oh, that's the rest of the way.
0: Yes. He's, he's it, absolutely it's... being brainwashed. Uh, and they also noted that Anna J is now part of the Dark Order after her loss to Abaddon uh, a few weeks ago on Dynamite. um, She
2: is now in the Dark Order as well. She even had the like little mask on that Mm -hmm. uh, it looked like the one Allie used to have kind of. I like that Mr. Brody was out there staring down Cabana while he talked, but also like a frustrated coach watching uh, his guys on the sideline. But Short of that, the action itself was great. These guys put on an excellent tag match, like, better than I expected. But I think that Dark Order overperforms a lot of the times I see them. Stu Grayson, he's and it's really noted, is great. And JR really tries to point that out, and I, I appreciate that. Grayson did um, this frog splash off the top rope where it looked like he jumped 10 feet in the air. Like, he's crazy athletic that dive he did to the outside yep. over the corner post that yep. was insane too yeah he's um great. I, I also got to bring attention of course to hangman's lower third um i didn't, didn't like the r- white wrist tape oh <laughs> if you <laughs> notice had black wrist tape this week and it just said didn't like the white wrist tape
0: that's awesome <laughs> that's a great follow-up from last week
2: uh and now i'm mad i missed it that's hilarious <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, uh, good match. I enjoyed it a lot. I gave it three and a quarter star because mm-hmm. the action was great and the storytelling was great as well. I'm loving this Dark Order ankle.
0: Yeah, me, uh, you and I on the same page here. I also went three and a quarter stars. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Uh, this was definitely match of the show by far. And oh, I guess we should do what Grapple gave. Grapple also went 3.29. Right. Look at that. Like we're just on board. Uh, after the match, Mr. Brody is very upset. He immediately ushers Colt and Anna Jay to the back, and is first he's mad at Stu and, and Uno for for failing to win the championships here, uh, but then turns his attention to Hangman, who is laughing. Tells Kenny it's nice that he actually showed up for his partner this week but the Dark Order has them outnumbered. Even the Young Bucks come out from the, from the seats, and they join them in the ring, but even then they are outnumbered until FTR shows up from behind and uh, smashes the, the cooler over uh, Mr. Brody's head, and uh, the odds are evened very quickly, and there is a standoff, and Dark Order retreats. So that's good stuff. Uh, sure. Then we get Britt on her Rolls Royce, uh, talking shit about Big Swole says she knows that she's coming back soon like in this tournament and she wants to get her hands on Brit but she can't she can't get her hands on Brit unless Swole can beat somebody of Brit's choosing first so okay but not as good as her Michael Jackson or not Michael Jackson her Michael Jordan thing from last week uh, <laughs> right. That was that was stupendous
2: Um, which by the way there was like I think it was on Britt's Instagram later the AEW Instagram mm -hmm. uh, Matt Cardona got mad at Britt for stealing his gimmick because he's the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and
0: and she had uh, also uh, I'm trying to remember what it was but it was something uh, that Britt chimed in on out of character like congratulating somebody for something and the immediate response was something along the lines of like wow an endorsement from Michael Jordan Uh, I love that this is uh, carrying on. And I believe TNT also did a Photoshop of, like, Britt Baker in, like, a Jordan jersey. But all the logos were changed to, like, her stuff. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then somebody noted when Britt comes back, she's going to be wearing 45 instead of 23. Because, of course, I think that's what Jordan wore when he played for the Wizards. So, Um, Hikaru Shida versus Diamante. It's all Sheeta. Eventually, she gets cut off, though. Uh, but Diamante is not looking so hot in this match. Um, Sheeta hits her with a Falcon Arrow. She kicks out. And Sheeta fires up and hits her with a running knee and gets the win. Not much to this match. And in hindsight, I really think Evilese probably should have won that match last week. And I think
2: Evilese uh, and Sheeta would have been a better match, I think. I agree with you. Um, I think that this was. Underwhelming, clunky, and not enough wrestling again. Mm. Like for the second week in a row in the women's match, it was a lot of more it was a lot more strikes, I feel, than actual you know, moves and whatnot. So it's just a letdown. I only gave it uh one and a half stars. Yeah, I went one and three
0: quarters. Um just not much to it. Grapple, uh two point oh three, feeling a little more generous uh than mm. us. Uh, the tag team tournament is basically battle bowl. Uh, <laughs> you do not get to choose your uh, uh, your partner. You will choose a color, and somebody else will pick a color. And if they're two matching colors, you are a team. And Nyla Rose selected purple, and as it turns out, somebody else also selected purple. Nick, and it's Ariane Andrews, Funkadactyl Cameron from WWE
2: what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? I wrote the same thing. I wrote Cameron. Really? Come on, AEW week. What, what the hell, man? You got so many amazing women talents out there. Or yeah. Women on the indies. Yes. I mean, you could go get like Kimberly or
0: like, I'm trying to, there's so many. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know all the shit surrounding. Um, I don't know all the shit surrounding um, Tessa Blanchard right now, but I mean, she's a better wrestler than Cameron of the Funkadactyls. I have no idea what's happening here, but at least this match will take place on YouTube on a Monday.
2: Just it's so disappointing. I think of like all the great women wrestlers out there right now, like Elena Black or. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, uh, I'm trying to think of who else that there were some great ones in Evolve Brandy, Lauren, she's great too. Like this feels these like are a people you could be hired. signing. Yeah. Or a fr- not maybe
0: a hire. I don't think she's hired, but, um, this feels like a, a friend booking or something. Like, I don't know why she's in here. Somebody noted that she trained at the same time as Brandy Rhodes did. So maybe that's the connection, but I don't know what she's doing here. Uh, she's a great personality like she's outgoing Mm -hmm. and is boisterous and stuff but she's not a very good wrestler in the ring um yeah i I don't know what they're i don't know what they're thinking here uh okay uh mjf presidential promo thing he did like a state Mm -hmm. of the union type thing uh implores hashtag uh hashtag usage Uh, immediately then claims that John Moxley is afraid of being upstaged two weeks in a row, which is why MJF is not on TV uh, featured prominently two weeks in a row. This is a, uh, this is an aberration this week Uh, says Moxley called for a paradigm shift in this business, but everything he does is old hat. The champion who's on top, who does what he wants, says what he wants, wrestles who he wants. That's all been done before brother. Basically does a Jim Cornette impression about flips and matches. Talks about how there's not enough wrestling and wrestling. Uh, claims that Moxley is essentially playing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Talks ratings. Calls John Moxley a dictator, but says that he draws better television ratings minute by minute than John Moxley does. MJF then seemingly claims, Nick, that the world will improve with him as champion. He talks about what happens when dictators are in power and the, the world is crumbling around us as we speak. But if he were to be champion, perhaps we would see brighter days. And being champion, he will make AEW the pinnacle of professional wrestling and not just
2: the alternative. This is a pretty great promo. It, it was excellent. And I love the line about John Moxley is not my champion. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and- MJF is a treat. He's just great, and I uh, I look forward to this. If This is our world title match for All Out. I'm all for it. He did. He did tell John Moxley he would see him at All Out.
0: So um, I believe that would be our championship match uh, next week. It is announced that Dark Order will take on Matt Cardona and Cody, aka the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Uh, <laughs> and we also because Dark Order is massive, we are also getting a what is this a 12 man tag with the dark order versus the elite and ftr and of course the jericho orange cassidy debate uh, we then get taz uh, doing a promo on behalf of brian cage but then also lets ricky starks cut a promo on uh on darby allen says that he dresses like Pigpen and wrestles like a crash test dummy which uh at least the second thing is highly accurate uh, then we get the team, team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian cage against John Moxley and Darby Allen. Uh, as best I can tell, Nick, I just wrote Darby Allen falls from the sky during the entrances of team Taz. We do not see where he came from. We just saw him come from above out of frame and then onto somewhere. This. He could have left somebody from a, from a building or a, or a helicopter. Perhaps it's any of those are possible.
2: All I could tell was it was somewhere in the rafters. It was a coffin and drop, and, yes. it, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> what the hell? Didn't see
0: that coming. He came out of nowhere. Uh, so this allows the the good guys to be in charge of this match heading into a break, but are cut off during the break. Um, Darby is the one who is, of course, singled out, but John Moxley gets into even the odds. This is a tornado tag team match, by the way, so that means no rules and everybody in the ring at the same time, but they did a good job of cutting off uh, Darby and singling him out. Uh, that would allow Mox to come in, even the odds. There's a quadruple down. Everybody is down. Uh, but Cage and Starks get up first, and they start double-teaming on Mox. Uh, Darby gets back into the ring, makes a comeback. Darby and John Moxley hit this paradigm shift mixed with a coffin drop, where Darby does the coffin drop onto the dude's back, and then Moxley drops him in the paradigm shift. And Darby landed high on this dude and basically landed on his neck and head right after being concussed uh, like two weeks ago. So crazy. That gets a two count on Brian Cage. Uh, Darby Allen then grabs a skateboard without wheels but covered in thumbtacks on the bottom and does a stomp with this thumbtack skateboard onto the back of Ricky Starks. The skateboard slides off of his back as he stomps him, basically ripping Starks back to shreds. Like he... After he gets pinned, he rolls over and you just see blood draining down his back, like it, gross. Uh, and Ricky it's Starks good. also said, "Oh fuck," I believe, uh, quite loudly uh, into television. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that was the match. Before we talk about the post, which was also kind of bizarre. What did you think of the the main event?
2: I enjoyed it mostly for the brutality of it. Um, That that was good. That was insane, and I did also enjoy the uh, the teamwork of Mox and uh, Darby doing that paradigm shift coffin drop combo. That was neat. Mm -hmm. Um, and and impressed by uh, by Starks' promo at the beginning. I didn't. I don't know much of him, so I was just impressed with the way he could talk. I thought he did a great job. Nice, even like Taz now, the anatomy of Brian Cage, the machine. (laughs) Yes. His
0: pecs, his traps, they're like pistons, Moxley, pistons. (laughs) I don't know if that's how traps work, but uh, like pistons. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, I like the match. Oh, what did you give it?
2: I, I liked it as well. Um, I gave it three stars. It was a mm-hmm. little bit rushed for my taste, but they were getting off the air, so I get that you, you got what time you have left. So It was
0: rushed, yeah. Uh, I liked it for the most part. Uh, I've yet to see Brian Cage really shine in like the way that I know Brian Cage can shine, but um, I'm sure we'll get that with the eventual Darby Allen match. I'm sure they're going to do mm-hmm. like Cage and Darby for the FTW title at like All Out or something. I'm sure they're going to do something like that. Because they're going to do like the, you know, the who's the toughest son of a bitch in wrestling type thing. Um, oh, yeah. I can see them totally doing that. I gave this match three stars as well. Grapple gave it 3.08. So, really in sync this week, you and I were with Grapple and and with each other. Like, we were pretty close all show long. And we talked about randomness earlier with Ariane uh, Andrews showing up, Cameron. And we talked about the randomness of John Silver and Alex Reynolds coming out. But then randomly, Darby Allen points at John Moxley after the match, like "I'm coming for your title." And then Tony Schiavone goes, "We just heard from Tony Khan that next week it's Darby Allen and John Moxley for the championship." And we're like, and Darby's what? ranked like fifth too, so it's kind of out of nowhere. It's weird, and and then Jim Ross is like, "These guys don't even know they're having a match yet, uh, and the, yet they're facing off like they are having a match, uh, or like they do know." Uh, it was just really weird, and. I, I mean I'm excited for the match I like the last time uh, John Moxley and Darby Allin had a match I thought it was a really fun match uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't like how
2: swiftly this was just shunted in here I think they are feeling some sort of need to just put a world title match on after how long Mox was out mm-hmm. so that's probably why it's being done just to do something before all out but yeah it, it, not that I'm Mad because it's going to be a good match, but they want a little bit more build than that. Like, come on, you could have given us something to build this up a little bit, or yeah. even given us like the situation where Darby's helping Mox out. So he's getting a title match. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, well, As randomly as that ended, I guess that's also the end for the podcast for this week, Nick. Uh, We're going to end just like how the show did, randomly. That's it for the show this week. Uh, Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT featuring Jon Moxley defending the AEW Championship against
2: Darby Allin. Please bring back Excalibur, please.